What a game. What a game it was. What a drama. What a Hollywood ending for this story. You know, we all expected this to be, or at least most of us, 1-0, 1-1-2-1 type of game. And it's at the very best 2-1 because it's two quite defending teams, you know, into representation of Conte and Serie A with more defending style of game and expecting that a tank-worthy forward will score one goal and that's it. And that's game over. And Sevilla with quite a shit striker that for some reason decided to block all the hate towards him in this game. That are trying to just escape, you know, the misery of losing the game to someone like Manchester United. And then, when Manchester United playing a good game, they strike him once again. Getting the best out of the shitty United defense. But before we're going to jump into this game, I want to talk about what's going to happen later on today or maybe tomorrow. Uh, what video you can expect? Well, first of all, obviously, Champions League final because I'm doing this Europa League final review, but basically my opinion. Uh, four days, I'm pretty sure, after Europa League final. Today is 26th of August. So, obviously, the Champions League final obviously ended like three days ago and you would expect the Champions League final will be the main point in this week for me because it's going to be the main talking point is going to be the most interesting news throughout the whole week maybe until 29th actually it's going to be in three days uh Liverpool versus Arsenal the next big talking point but there is one more thing that I need to talk about. I really thought it was going to be a Raw review. Because quite honestly it was one of the shittiest Raws I've seen for quite some time. And you know what? I just found out it had over 2 million viewers. So come on people. I know it's after SummerSlam. But if you watch the show you know it was shit. If you watch the show you know they don't give a flying fuck. And after Paybook you... Don't have to tune in. You know it's going to be garbage. You know there's going to be awful storylines at best. Because looking at what happening right now, you can easily say that, uh, what, Retribution is garbage. You can easily tell that uh, Raw Underground is already getting cancelled and they haven't even introduced the title. And basically, the show you can summarize with two words. Fucking boring or fucking filler. Any one of those two will be a great example of this Monday Night Raw. But I'm getting a little bit carried away. You have your one minute rant on Monday Night Raw. That's all this shit deserves, to be honest. I really wanted to make a review on Monday Night Raw because, again, you can absolutely hear in my voice that I was devastated to see that it was shit one more time. One more time. But there's one major talking point in football world right now and it's Lionel Messi and his possible departure from Barcelona and that's that's a story that I really want to touch on I don't know maybe I'm gonna bring my Barcelona friend who is supporting Barca for like what five to seven years I want to say so he knows about Barcelona more than I do 
in terms of history or in terms of what happening behind the scenes because I'm not looking into that much but when I'm gonna make this review I'm definitely gonna look closer because right now there's so many information they it's pretty easy to find out what's going on kinda obviously we can't look behind the scenes completely but you need to find out where's fake what is not fake where is the truth lies and right now we can do it 100% but tomorrow this is when I'm probably gonna do the review uh, of what happening we're gonna talk very deep on what's happening right now my opinion the opinion of my friend if he's gonna join and everything in between but for now let's focus on this thriller you know i've been talking about how this champions league and europa league as a matter of fact has been the underdog story sevilla going through manchester united uh by munich versus barcelona barcelona was obviously a weaker team we all knew it before the match started but still historically Barcelona is a bigger club than Bayern, so you would expect that Barcelona are the leaders before the match starts. We had Leipzig versus Atletico Madrid and so many other stories before this match in um, Europa League or Champions League. And in quite honesty, after looking at this game, you can officially say that if last season was the start of a comeback, in the Champions League mostly, this is a story of an underdog in Europa League and Champions League, kinda. Sevilla, nobody expected Sevilla to go to the final, Manchester United versus Inter was the main match everybody expected, I was expecting actually Manchester United versus Wolves in the semi-finals instead of Manchester United versus Sevilla because, well, I really thought the Wolves had it but they didn't they were quite shit uh they wasted a lot of opportunities obviously the missed penalty was the ending point for them and they paid for this but looking at this match Sevilla didn't had a lot of chances if you would think before the match because it's two mostly defensive teams it's two teams that play in different styles of footballs and inter as this style of football that they can break you. It's Atletico Madrid style. They can probably lose. But before they're gonna lose. They're gonna break your fucking game. They're gonna make you feel awful. They're gonna be so slow. In terms of giving the ball to you. In terms of going higher. You know. They're gonna be methodical. They're gonna be aggressive. And that's so disturbing for the team. So Sevilla needed to do something. To know get into this style of football and how did they do this quite simply they consider a girl first Diego Carlos does a stupid penalty Romelu Lukaku scores and he breaks all the records you can imagine what it I'm pretty sure it was like ninth or tenth goal in a row in Europa League it's it's great, I don't think that anybody expected that he's going to be able to do this. Uh, <laughs> neither did Lukaku, because it continued with uh, Manchester United. Uh, Goal-scoring abilities, you know, when he scored a lot of goals in previous season, I want to say. Or season prior in Europa League. 
and it continued here. So, um, I'm pretty sure even Lukaku was quite surprised that he scored 10 uh, goals in a row in Europa League. But, this goal made Sevilla go further. It made them go and just go for it. Because otherwise, if they wanted to do their typical style of play, they would probably get into the inter style of play. They should have become the second team on the field and just wait until the ball going to get to them and get break physically and mentally by Inter. But instead, we got a fast, aggressive goal from Inter, from a set piece, for, oh, from Sevilla, excuse me, uh, on a set piece on a 12 minutes, so basically six minutes after Romelu Lukaku scored and I want to say that he had now has similar amount of goals. Actually, the same amount of goals as Ronaldo did in his first season for Inter. And that's a phenomenal result. Sorry for my little pun here. But, um, yeah, Luke de Jong, <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake, this motherfucker was one of the worst signings of the season. He couldn't score shit in La Liga. He couldn't score shit. He scored, what, one goal in Europa League. This season, he was fucking garbage. And they even bought somebody from La Liga or from like... Leaks from second league of Spain? No, no, no. It was definitely a La Liga player they bought as a striker. Because they knew they fucked up. Monchi knew he fucked up by signing Luke de Jong. But some fucking how... This... 190 centimeters piece of shit... Decided to say, well, you know what, guys? Fuck all of you. I can score no one but two fucking goals in a matter of 20 minutes and save the fucking game. How the fuck can you write this? When I'm saying it's a Hollywood story, you know, you can write it both ways. The Sevilla going for the sixth title of Europa League and Luke de Jong's story. Because... It was a failure throughout and throughout the whole season. But somehow, he actually made himself a hero for Sevilla after the conclusion of this season. Both goals came from set pieces. And, oh, oh my god, in all honesty, Inter has so many problems with set pieces. You could clearly see it in matches prior, apart from a match against Shakhtar, because... This is the style of Inter, you know, if you're gonna let Inter play how they want you to play, this is what's gonna happen with you. And yes, it was a 5-0 destruction, and I said that Inter is more of a defensive team, and you should not expect a lot of goals. But it was rather the situation of the team having no ability to fight back, have no ability to, you know, have a good defense, and goalkeeper that doesn't make a lot of mistakes. It was a very good situation for Inter and very, very shitty situation for Shakhtar. But again, maybe in this match you could have seen this like once or twice that they had some problems with corners. But before, in the matches prior, you could easily see it in Syria or in Europa League that they consider quite a few goals from set pieces or it reminded very much of Chelsea when they just don't know what the fuck they're supposed to do when the set piece is coming in. And they're either considering goals, either 
it's a very very much panic situation that they are panicking so much they're trying to get rid of the ball but they can't they just fucking can and it's either lead to a dangerous moment either they somehow survive and escape and this match was epitome of their inability of defending after a set piece two goals matter of 20 minutes Luke de Jong twice scores twice with a header I want to say Twice getting rid of uh, Gordon and uh, Jimenez. No. Uh, DeVray. Just awful. Awful defending. But speaking of awful defending on the set pieces. Who would you think going to score for Inter after a set piece? Diego Gordon. The man who had questionable season I would say. He was a very good defender in Atletico Madrid and when he came to Inter it did make sense. It's more of a defensive club and league. It's more of a slow paced style toward uh, in comparison with uh, Spain because everybody expected Ronaldo to score a lot of goals when he came to Juventus but he found out very quickly that it is a, quite a defensive uh, league but also if we're going to defend a little bit weaker than the other team, they're going to have an ability to score. And that was surprising, I would say, this in the previous season for a lot of uh, neutral fans who were not paying a lot of attention to Serie A, that a lot of teams are capable of scoring goals. This season it was clear to see because they they score over 1,000 goals, if I remember clearly, in the whole league. And Atalanta breaking the records for scoring the most amount of goals. It was a very, very good season for Serie A, but still Juventus won. Uh, what can stop them? Probably nothing. But again, going back to Europa League, going back to this match, Godin, who had a very questionable season, who was from time to time good, but a lot of times he was either, either let's say, weak, in uh, flying battles, so losing headers, losing positioning, losing to another striker, and giving away the penalties, I think he was very good. And it was a very questionable season for me personally when it comes to Godin, because every time that I look at him, it doesn't matter was it Europa League or Serie A, he always fell, if not out of place. He always felt like he was a third wheel that haven't quite understood what the hell he has to do. It was quite surprising because I expected it to be someone like Ashley Young or maybe Bastoni who wouldn't know how to react when it comes to defending style of game because Godin is one of the best defenders in the world in a couple of what in the last five to seven years. And that's unquestionable because he was very good for Atletico Madrid. But he turned his questionable season for Inter fans for at least 30 to 60 minutes for one of the best seasons of his entire fucking life. Because one of my friends, who is for some reason an Inter fan, uh, was very critical of Gordon. But then, after that goal, he just texted me, screaming on top of his lungs, Jesus Christ, he's the best fucking defender in the world! He's the best, the best, and the best! And I was like, chill the fuck out, dude. Chill the fuck out.
But, uh... <laughs> it wasn't the end, was it? Because... 74th minute... <laughs> was the minute when everything turned... Turned into shit... For Inter Milan. Diego Carlos... Is another name... That deserves... A Hollywood movie. When it comes to the Champions League final. Oh, oh, Champions League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it comes to Europa League final. The man who gave away the penalty on a fourth minute. Gets a yellow card. And after this penalty, Romelu Lukaku scores. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Uh, the drama comes into the place. Life is a fucking bitch. And... It has a lot of things to say to you because Diego Carlos does a bicycle kick on a 74th minute and it ricochets from Romelu Lukaku's leg right into the goal. Oh my fucking god. What a story. You cannot write it better. Again, this is a Hollywood ending to this match. The guy who was shit entire season finds his willpower, finds something inside of him and scores two goals. The guy who gave away the penalty does the craziest kick probably in his entire career and somehow still scores after the ricochet of a man who has the same amount of goals as the phenomenal Ronaldo in his first season for Inter, who was one of the best, if not, let's be honest, the best player for Inter throughout this whole season, becomes the anti-hero, becomes, becomes the villain of this story, because... What? How? How can you write this? Oh my god, after this... They were, Inter was going forward, trying to score, but every single attempt fell flat. It's the only thing I remember after witnessing this their goal is like, they're gonna have to go further. And they didn't go straight away, they made some subs, and after like 78th minute, let's say, they finally went forward, and you were like, yep. They're gonna score, they're gonna have to score, and they had some very good chances, but people like Lautaro Martinez, or even Christian Eriksen, after he came in, showed that they are a little bit of the frauds, because they had a very, very shitty game. And it was quite surprising, because Lautaro Martinez was the guy that a lot of people praised, a lot of people were claiming that he's gonna be the next big thing in Barcelona, but when it comes to the big stage, he crumbled, and a lot of experience was lacking for him. Yes, I know this. Yes, I do understand this. But still, you're a striker. And lately, apart from the Shakhtar game, you could put an argument that he was quite shit in some of matches, and he didn't really want to follow, if not the philosophy, but the style of play that into play. And in some cases, it was clear to see, and he was stopped straight away when Antonio Conte understood that he doesn't want to play like this. But it's the Europa League final. It's the biggest opportunity of your career for now. To achieve something, to win the major trophy. Well, kinda. But you're letting everyone down. And you're getting stopped. 
Rightfully so. Christian Eriksen, oh, the memes. The memes that came after this match. You can't escape Tottenham, but Tottenham will never escape you. Oh my bloody god. He's the first player who's in the shortest amount of time. Two seasons, lost Champions League and Europa League final. In a row. Oh, oh, oh. It's painful. Because I really do like Ericsson. And when he went to Inter, I was quite optimistic. But then reports were saying that Antonio Conte never really wanted him. He wanted Arturo Vidal from Barcelona. But they decided to give him more attacking player. And I don't want to say it's true, those reports. But after looking at the games throughout this whole season, you could have clearly seen that he, most of the times, comes from the bench, you know? He never really starts the games. He was always, like, the joker, but that they use not often. And this not often paid off quite some times, but not tonight. Same goes for Alexis Sanchez. What a fucking shithousery. They bought this player, and he's gonna play for them for two or three seasons, right? And, uh, <laughs> he had some moments. I remember he scored, like, in his first game or gave an assist in his first game for Inter. And after this, he just fucking disappeared. He, he haven't had a single goal or assist until the restart of Serie A. And that's a very, very bad result. But then he picked up his game, scored a couple of goals, gave a couple of assists, and everybody was like... Woohoo! He's back! Alexis Sanchez that we all know and love is going back to Inter and, uh... What? He's what? He's doing what? Don't play a fucking laugh. He was... I ain't gonna be honest. I remember him wasting one moment and at this moment I was like, Wait, what the fuck? He's on the pitch. Oh, really? <laughs> and that's... That's the reaction that I got, and I'm still getting the same reaction because after watching some highlights, he didn't have a single opportunity. He was he was an invisible man. He was Mesut Ozil of <laughs> of Inter Milan, and that's that summarizes their attack after 80th minute. They had some opportunities, but the people who should have scored just went invisible. They couldn't do shit. In Sevilla, they defended great, you know. They they did what they have to do. They made an incredible comeback after being 1-0 down after fourth minute. They didn't fall flat to the Inter Milan style of play. They didn't have their style of play broken by Inter. And what are they doing? They're winning the Europa League for the sixth time. Sticking it up for the Inter Milan fans that hated Severe saying that they have zero chances because we are the superior team. They're just saying, go fucking suck my dick. We are the kings of Europe. Uh, at the very least, when it comes to Europa League. We are the best Europa League team. You should just scrap Europa League and name it like Sevilla League. The best club of Spain in Europa League. You know, they can have this title. Ah. <sighs> How many times did I say this is a Hollywood ending? This is what a game? And I'm gonna say it again as a sunrise 
this whole podcast, this whole video. This was a great emotional game that I didn't really expect. I was expecting 1-0 game for Inter, but Sevilla fans, Sevilla was right all along. They are the kings of Europe. They are the best team when it comes to Europa League. And if they're going through, what, quarterfinals or something like this, they never lose. And you know what? This magical story, I'm really glad that it continued. I'm really glad that the streak is still alive because we need this little magic from time to time. We need this underdog story that, in quite honesty, now we should say that if Sevilla going through the semi-final or quarterfinals, <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna win the league, and you should always take them as the main competitors to win in Europa League. But again, we need these little stories. We need these clubs that are willing to perform magic against the superior clubs when everybody thinks they have zero chance. And I'm really glad that I witnessed this match. I'm really glad that people like Luka de Jong and Diego Carlos had the night of their life that they're never going to forget. And um, Inter, well... You have a lot of job to do, starting from set pieces, ending with your mentality when it comes to the situation when you need to turn around the game that went your way, but then suddenly turn around and lift you with your pants on the floor. And there was a lot of rumors that Conte will leave Inter. He was unsure of his position in the club for next season, but now they officially claim that he will stay for the next season. It's 100% official. So, uh, great for him. I really do believe he's capable of bringing down Juve, especially next season with Pirlo as their manager, unexperienced genius player, but who knows how well he'll be coaching. Is a perfect opportunity for Inter. Will they be going to be able to do this? I'm not sure. I would actually say no. I would put my money on Juve winning once again. But who knows? Anything can happen. But if they are willing to win Syria R. They should definitely make some changes in the team. And especially in their mentality. Once again, so much thank you for listening to my near 30-minute rant about a little bit of Monday Night Raw, but obviously about Europa League Final. I can't wait to talk about Messi stuff. I can't wait to talk about uh, Champions League. You can expect this to come out today, actually, Champions League Final. And, uh, yeah, thank you for listening to this garbage, and as always, see you soon.